the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a crispy winter morning in the hill country of Texas. No wind this morning. I did get up extra early. Uh, you know, of course, uh, the uh, 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 snowmageddon uh, or icemageddon, of course, you know, it. we were again all going to be covered in ice this morning. And uh, I know the Fredericksburg schools did a two-hour late start. And, of course, you get out and everything's just fine and dandy out there it's just crispy this morning there wasn't even any ice on my truck so um got a great show planned for you today we've got weston martinez who is a candidate for land commissioner very very important uh place we all learned about that uh in trying to save the alamo over the last couple of years and so um we're going to talk to uh, uh one of the candidates today weston martinez and i'm looking Really looking forward to that. So we got 23 days till primary voting starts. 23 days. Oh, and before I get off into all of this, I just found out that Meatloaf died last night. I'm I'm sad. Um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I just uh, one of my all-time favorite. I don't know what you call it an anthem. Uh, I don't know what you would call that. Just a a, a work of art. Oh, that was, okay, Bob told me in radio that that was the bathroom song because it was long enough so that the DJ could go to the bathroom. I knew I was familiar with some of the other songs, but I did not know that was one of them. But anyway, eh, we're not here to talk about meatloaf, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad about that. And what makes it even worse is he was in his 70s, and that makes me feel really old <laughs> so i uh there you go um meatloaf is gone i think uh, mashed potatoes will be following soon um we have um all kinds of things coming up on your calendar um uh, first of all tomorrow this is this is it last chance today to uh, sign up for the class um, tomorrow in um, it uh, in Kerrville, the um, it is a grassroots um, training workshop that is put on by um, Conservative Institute for. See, and I don't have it in front of me, and I just lost track of my brain. Just gave up on it. So, uh, but anyway, you can uh, sign up for that class still uh, today. Go to back to any of your last six or seven. Fredericksburg Tea Party newsletters, and then and uh, you will find a link in there for that class. I have ordered. We already have all the lunches ordered, but I did order plenty. Um, if uh, we have enough people sign up today, then we've got it covered. And if I have to go out without lunch, then I will do that. If you will sign up for the class, I'll skip my lunch. You can have my lunch. So that is uh, it's going to go tomorrow. Check-in is around 830 and it goes to five and um with, with lunch and breaks and all kinds of stuff and uh we're really looking forward to it i've had a chance to look at the slides 
that are the slide decks that are uh, part of the present that are parts of the presentation, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, block walking with uh, Jet. You want to blo uh, block walk in Fredericksburg? They are going to be meeting at noon tomorrow in Kyle Biederman's office on Main Street in Fredericksburg. It's down on the far end, west end of uh, Main Street in Fredericksburg. And if you want a block walk, listen, they have a couple of professional block walkers, and I don't mean that uh, they get paid for it, but they have done it so much that they really are pro professionals. And uh, so that is going on. If you want to block walk on that um, uh, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, that's tomorrow, block walking. And I do have phone numbers for the block walk coordinator. I know giving out phone numbers on the radio almost seems silly to me. Um, and so I do have those phone numbers. If you will uh, send me a note, Matt at Matt at RanchRadioGroup.com, Matt at RanchRadioGroup.com. And uh, I will get you the contact information for Jet. Also in Fredericksburg, uh, there is a, uh, a location with lots of signs for many different candidates, as well as the, the uh, handouts, the push cards, and those things. And um, that is, uh, there's a stash of that available in Fredericksburg. Again, if you'll reach out to me, Matt, at Ranch Radio Group, or send a note to the Fredericksburg Tea Party, and uh, we'll go from we'll go from there and um, get you uh, hooked up if you need any signs. Man, we got a stack of Louis Gomert signs yesterday. It was Louis great yesterday? Absolutely amazing. We had about a little over fifty people show up, and for a cold day when we were expecting freezing rain, um, when everybody's uh, little uh, uh, phone forecaster said, "Oh, freezing rain for the next four hours." We still had over 50 people show up to meet and greet Louis Gomert yesterday, and uh, it was a, a, a very good event. And uh, good morning to Sheena. Just sent me a text. Uh, Sheena Rodriguez is not only running for office. I've called her the firecracker, um, and then I found out she's running for office, and she's I think she's got some kind of uh, event going on. I've got it in my calendar, but it's still a couple of weeks off. And uh, but we will be announcing that and promoting that she is real big with the Latinos, uh, uh, trying to save the country, and was originally with Latinos for Trump, I believe. And Sheena, if I got all that wrong, I apologize. We need to get you on the air, so we'll visit with Sheena later on today and uh, arrange to get her on the air for her upcoming events. Um, let's see what else do we have? You know, <clears throat> for right now. We're going to leave it at that for right now. Uh, the most important things right now, the block walking event um, on Saturday, as well as the class that is uh, tomorrow. And I'm looking back, anything that is immediate. I'm not seeing anything immediate on here. Uh, next Thursday, Liberty in Action Young People are going to be meeting, and then we've got some things going on the next few Saturdays. So we'll get you caught up on those as we get closer. Uh, right now, let me give you a little bit of a Ben Franklin. Um, here we go. Uh, you know, I've used this one before, and uh, but it's still really good. And uh, it says, after crosses and losses, men grow humbler and wiser. 
After crosses and losses, men grow humbler and wiser. Thank you, Ben Franklin, for that from 1737. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with Weston Martinez. There we are. We're going to try to get uh, Weston went right straight to his uh, voicemail. We're going to try to get him on the phone here. In the meantime, I can tell you about this event. This is Saturday, February 12th, and uh, I have been talking uh, um, about uh, the uh, the uh, human trafficking. And uh, we've got several. We've got Mercy Gate Ministries who have... Uh, are working on uh, women, adult women with that have been human trafficked, and uh, we've had them on the program. They had an amazing fundraiser that we helped with that. And then um, I get uh, someone put me in touch with a gal by the name of Monica Deller, and I uh, had a visit with her. Her event now is not till February twelfth, and so my last conversation was a text yesterday saying I'll get with you this afternoon, but. Uh, it is uh, Sheena Rodriguez is involved in that, as I just mentioned her name. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, uh, Victor Avila, Sheriff Brad Coe. Um, if you have not seen him on the national news, he is uh, he's he's a sheriff down in the border area and uh, is absolutely fighting the good fight. Um, they've got uh, Burt Rutherford's going to be there. Dan Perry. Uh, somebody by the name of Jen Gotson, apparently an actress in uh, Christian movies, and uh, I think I was familiar with one of her movies, and her husband, uh, Jim Chandler. Um, and this is going to be in Kenny County, and it is a fundraiser for a ranch that is being built down there for uh, kids who are being trafficked. And uh, it is a residential ranch program. And I'm um, going to have the uh, organizers of that on the line. Have we gotten anywhere with Mr. Martinez, Bob? We're going to try that again. So we have um, the uh, – it was interesting. Uh, I was listening to Harley on the way in this morning, and he was going the, through the list of people who are running for governor. And uh, on that list, um, he left out one name that's very interesting. Did you know that Rick Perry is running for governor? Wait, 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 stop. Rick Perry, not that Rick Perry. A Rick Perry is also in the primary for governor. A Rick Perry, not the, and right now the last thing I saw he was polling at 15%. <laughs> so, like Harley says, I don't know if that's, is that a reflection on our on our electorate? Um, because uh, Rick Perry, uh, A Rick Perry is not doing anything. Um, is not is not uh, campaigning or anything. His name's just on the ballot, and um, someday maybe we'll get to talk about how and why his name got on the ballot. But I can tell you why it's on there because we're at an anybody but Abbott time, and um, I you know if uh, a Rick Perry, someone just named Rick Perry, can get uh, is polling at fifteen percent right now, if he can even pull off five percent when it comes to the election, the primary, 
um, then that's uh, 5% that is not going to uh, Governor Abbott. So that one is a, a good one. Um, we have, um, I received a note. Um, there's a young lady here in the Hill Country who is running for Congressional District 21, the uh, seat that Chip Roy has uh, currently been uh, taking. And uh, she's young and a conservative and a Republican. Her name is Dana Zavorka. And I've gotten a couple of uh, bits of information on her recently. And uh, it's uh, I think this is interesting enough. I think we're going to try to get Dana in here to the studio and uh, talk to us, um, especially why would someone want to uh, challenge Chip Roy at this time? I think that's a, a very fair question. In fact, the first question I always ask, when I'm interviewing or 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 vetting or uh, any candidates who are challenging an incumbent, and this would be the first question for Weston Martinez, if we could get him on the dadgum phone. Um, so the uh, the first question, if someone's challenging an incumbent, is an easy question, and you should ask it too when you run into someone who's challenging an incumbent. Say uh, the question is is obviously if um, you thought the incumbent was doing a bang-up, you know, great job, you wouldn't be challenging them. You know, you would, if you had someone in there that was doing a good job, you wouldn't just challenge them for the fun of it. So there's got to be a reason you're challenging the incumbent. And so that is a very, very fair question. And um, if we can uh, get Dana in here and uh, talk about that, I, that would be the first question I would ask her. Um, she is a very pro-life uh, um, gal from what I've been reading. And uh, this weekend, by the way, is uh, the anniversary of Roe versus Wade decision. And we have the, um, the March for Life going on in Washington. We have some events, I believe, happening in Austin as well. If you're plugged into the pro-life community, you probably know what's going on this weekend and um but anyway this is a special request uh gonna go ahead and, and and do a prayer request for all of those who are attending the uh, right to life uh, march in dc folks pray for them you know the last time we had a bunch of good patriots go to washington just to have their voice heard it turned into a nightmare and um, it was uh, very obviously a setup and rigged. We've got that. We know that now. Um, one year later, we, we now know how rigged that was. And um, even though nothing's coming out of uh, any of the um, studies, the, uh, the commissions that uh, the, <laughs> the crooked commissions that are being put up in Washington, hopefully, Hopefully someday the truth on what happened a year ago will all come out. And so special prayers for those who are up there on the um, uh, March for Life and who are participating in any of that uh, this weekend. The um, You know, we have lost 63, 60, I've heard the numbers 60 to 62.5 since Roe versus Wade was passed. And um, that's a lot of babies um, from 1973. That's 63 million babies that were not born. Um, it was a couple of years ago when um, 
in the state of New York that the number of black babies aborted was greater than the number of black babies that were born. I believe this was two years ago, maybe a little bit further. We all know how time has gone insane over the last 48 months. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's a success because Planned Parenthood was founded by uh, progressives and it was called the Negro Project was the original name of it because the idea of the Planned Parenthood, the Negro, the Negro Project, was to get rid of those people. And it was the idea of if we can just get people who are not any good, they're, if, they're, if they have some kind of disease, if they're mentally deficient, physically deficient, and of course at that time the progressives... The progressives, uh, who Hillary Clinton said at one time, said she was a proud member of the uh, Progressive Party in the in in the way of early 20th century progressives, and that was the way she put it in early 20th century progressives. Well, early 20th century progressives was the early 1900s, and the progressives then were all about cleaning up. They assumed. That if they could keep dumb people from reproducing, if they could keep minorities from reproducing, if they could keep retarded people, you know, I I started to say folks with developmental disabilities, but that term didn't exist uh, then. Um, They they wanted to uh, make sure these people didn't reproduce. And so that was part of the big plan. All right, so we're going to take a quick break right now. Bob, give him a quick notice. I've got uh, Weston calling me on my phone, so I'm going to take that call. Y'all stay tuned. Folks, we are back. Thank you so much. And we did pull it off. We have Mr. Weston Martinez, a candidate for uh, land commissioner. I believe on the ballot it says something like commissioner of land. I'm not even sure what it says on the ballot, but it's weird. But we know it. We call it as land commissioner. Mr. Martinez, welcome to the Matt Long Show. Hey, Matt, good morning. God bless you guys and everybody out here that watches you and listens to you, because I know it's not just folks in the Fredericksburg area; It's people around the state and around the country. Yeah, I got a note from uh, one of your friends, uh, Sheena Martinez, just uh, or not Sheena Martinez, Sheena Rodriguez, um, uh, just a few minutes ago. And so I know Sheena's listening, and uh, she's up there in the uh, uh, the greater Metroplex. Um, and uh, so, Weston, tell us... Um, that I think most of us uh, got a feel for what the land uh, commissioner's office does over the last few years when it had to do with the Alamo, right? And so a, a lot of us who didn't even probably didn't have a clue what the land commissioner's office did, we now know at least that it is uh, part of, uh, of protecting and saving the Alamo. Now, I want to save that, and I want to go to what other... 
What other things do that does the land commissioner's office do that is important to everyday Texans? Well, and I'll tell you what, I'm glad you bring that up because, as I tell people, there's nothing general about the general land office. It's a highly sophisticated technical job, and that's why you know, I'm very thankful for people like Sheena, people like Bianca Gracia, people like Fredericksburg Tea Party that have supported me and endorsed my campaign from early on because they know that you know this is not a show horse position. This is a workhorse position, and you know, I'll just give you the hundred thousand foot view, and then you pick you pick where you want to dive into. All right. So number number one, uh, I was the first person that's even involved that actually worked on defending and protecting the Alamo years before anybody else did. You already talked about that. The I'm the first person in the history of Texas to suggest that the land office can actually secure the Texas border. Every candidate in this race has now copied me, and a lot of the ideas that I have, including the current commissioner George P. Bush, has actually started what I said can be done, so I'm very glad to finish securing the border once I take the office of general land office, but you also are managing all of the 13 million acres of land across the state of Texas, including land crossings, you know, surface crossings for pipelines, mineral rights for oil and gas companies, surface rights, grazing rights, power leases on top of the surface. You're doing all those things. On top of which, you're also managing things like the Adopt-A-Beach program. You're turning out data that has to do with bacteria along the Texas beaches so that we know it's safe to go in and out of the water. You're also doing, um, you know, offshore oil and gas leases because we were a country. And this office, as I told you one time, this office was created when Texas was a country by Sam Houston. And it was before the office of the governor. And I realized that they actually created this office to hold the governor and every elected official accountable inside of the Pink Dome. So we have offshore drilling rights. So as a, as a leaseholder, as a landowner, we lease those rights to uh, companies that are drilling out in the Gulf of Mexico. But we also deal with veterans nursing homes. There's, 10 vet- there's almost 10 veterans nursing homes that had twice the death rate of the national average here in Texas. Wow. So our Texas veterans are getting fauci and we can talk more about that in a minute, but also the um, dealing with hurricanes. You know, as you know, I've got an infrastructure, real estate, oil and gas background, and a political background, and one of the big things is dealing with disasters. Well, Hurricane Harvey is a prime example. You deal with HUD, FEMA, all of the different agencies in order to get people out of their homes, get their homes tore down, get their homes rebuilt. You know, I've been in the commercial real estate world, land development world. And here's the crazy thing. When you have those big flood situations, afterwards, you have to take a civic project, create an engineering project so that you can actually fix the floodwaters, create channels, create stormwater drains, things like that. And I've got a design engineering background uh, as well, because, you know, I retired from Southwestern Bell AT&T as an outside plant design engineer. But listen to this, folks. One of the main sources of flooding information is FEMA. By their own admission, they are 40 to 70% wrong on their own assessments of flooding. So think about it. You're going to spend billions of dollars to do a civic project to fix flooding so the next hurricane that comes on, on shore, you don't have the same flooding you just had, but you're working with bad data. 
I mean, it's like they're trying to force us to be Joe Biden, incompetent in the office. Mm. Thankfully, I'm not incompetent. Thankfully, God has blessed me with a very diverse background in all of those parameters. And all that money that you generate from these 13 million acres, all that money goes into a big fund. That fund goes to fund the permanent school fund, permanent university fund, and veterans benefits, which does things like you know, loans to veterans, land sales to individuals, a whole bunch of different things. And they're not even commercially viable. If you're a veteran, you go to Veterans Land Board to get a loan, you're going to look at it and you're going to say, why the hell would I do that? Right. And that's mm-hmm. a shame and that's disgusting. Um, and that's one of the myriad of things that we're going to bring new leadership. And, and, you know, people say, how do you have such insight? God has really blessed me. I've prayed really hard. And uh, just God helped me solve these problems. And my professional background, coupled with my political background, and having served as a statewide commissioner of a major agency in the state of Texas before, I know the ins and outs of running an agency better than anyone else. Sid Miller yesterday in, um, in Fort Worth held, posted a fundraiser for me. And it was very humbling, but he made the comment. He says, Weston Martinez will be the smartest land commissioner we've ever had in the history of Texas. And he said, we've, we've had smart ones, but right. you know, God has really blessed Weston with unique ideas and perspectives. So jump, uh, take the parachute, jump out of the plane on whichever topic you want to talk about. Okay. And, uh, let's educate these people. All right, let's do it. First of all, the question I always ask someone who is challenging an incumbent is obviously you do not think the incumbent is doing a decent job. If you thought the incumbent was just doing a great job, you could probably find better things to do with your time, uh, Weston. And so tell us why in the world you would want to take on an incumbent. Well, let me tell you, um, when you see the things that were done, you know, you, you realize that, man, these people are either getting bad information or they're making bad decisions. And you hope that it's they're getting bad information, you know. Um, but then when you realize, you know, deals like the Alamo are taking place and agreements are being signed with the city of San Antonio, where they have publicly signed an, publicly signed a, a, uh, an order with the city of San Antonio stating there is no free speech at the Alamo anymore. Mm. I mean, I don't even have to go further than that. Yeah, no, you don't. The, um, police, the police gave me that piece of paper in front of the Alamo saying that there's, this is a no-free speech zone. <laughs> I thought the whole country was a free speech zone. Gee, I guess I was misinformed. Hey, uh, Weston, yeah. I just got a uh, text from one of our uh, uh, loyal listeners and members down here, and uh, here's a question from Sonia. It says, does the land office have anything to do with A, preserving farm land and ranch land, keeping it from Bill Gates, and B, keeping it from Chinese ownership. Um, and so take off with that one. So here's the thing. I, have a, I was a real estate commissioner for the state of Texas. I've worked in the land development world and infrastructure world, among some of the things that I told you about. And I am the first person to talk about the fact that day one, I'm going to call for an audit of all land sales in the state of Texas related to the general land office to find out if people, if the Communist Party of China used someone as a straw purchase to hide the true purchaser. And if they did, then that is fraud in the execution of a contract, and I am going to get the attorney general to work with my office 
to undo that transaction. I'm one of the few non-lawyer arbitrators that exist out in the world, and so I look at things a little bit differently, and I try to figure out how we can actually take these things to move the ball forward. And um, I am not going to allow, promote, or support the Communist Party of China to come into Texas, and I've the one I've been actively working against that. So, yes, we do have the ability. I, as commissioner, have to sign off on things. I'm not going to sign off on anything that is a foreign entity that is any kind of regime that hates the United States of America. And by me doing a, a forensic audit on all the land transactions, can you imagine what we're going to find? I guarantee you, CCP knows who I am. And <laughs> it's really something. So give me, the other, give me the second part of that question again. Um, and the Chinese ownership of land as well. I think you you addressed that one. I think that, and the other one has to do with uh, la- ranch land uh, from Bill Gates. Both of these stories we've been hearing from, you know, not mainstream media, that, that Bill Gates yep. is buying up a bunch of ranch land and he will not graze cattle on it. He's trying to get us away from beef. And uh, then the other one is uh, the the story we've all been hearing recently about a giant land purchase, possibly by a Chinese general down near the border and right next to an Air Force base. Is it Laughlin Air Force Base? It's Laughlin Air Force Base. And let me tell you, God has really blessed me to be supported by people all along the border, Warriors for Ranchers, the mayor of Uvalde, uh, a whole bunch of different folks that are really on the front lines because they know that I have real solutions. And I will tell you that this Chinese communist general that bought 200 square miles of ranch lands, they, that particular situation, here's, here's the interesting thing. He was buying that to put a swine farm there originally. Okay. Because he wanted to go in there and impact the swine industry here in the United States of America. It got the bad press of being Communist Party of China. Now, you'll never believe this, but you will. Goldman Sachs opened up an office in China, bought the entity that owned that ranch, and collateralized that asset into their books. So now that that property is now owned by Goldman Sachs China. Wow. They're trying to whitewash it away from us. Now, here's a step further. What they do when they buy these pieces of property is they try to get it, so that they can get power purchase agreements with ERCOT and put solar plants and or wind farms on those pieces of property. Everybody scratches their head. Why does everybody from China want to come here and put a solar farm or, a, or some sort of green energy here in Texas? Right. Here's the, reason, here's the reason why, folks. We're the only place in the world where you can sell, you can subrogate carbon credits off your land. What do I mean? I can sell Matt, my oil and gas mineral rights. I can sell Sonia. Uh, my water rights, and I can sell her husband, Bill, my surface rights. But if I put a solar plant on top of it, I'm going to now generate another sort of right, and that is carbon credit. And that Chinese, and they do a 20-year power purchase agreement with ERCOT, which, by the way, folks, ERCOT hasn't been fixed. It's still broken. Sid Miller and I did a live video about it yesterday, and we can talk about my solution, how to fix the ERCOT grid later if you want to know. But to finish this out, they get those carbon credits, they get a 20-year power purchase agreement from ERCOT. So now they're getting our money, guaranteed purchase, for 20 years. So they're funded. They take those carbon credits. They go back to China. They tell the CCP, hey, we're not adding that smokestack. We're not adding the scrubber 
to our smokestack. We brought our get out of jail free card from Texas, and here's our carbon credits. Mm-hmm. And you know what I can't you know what I can't help but think, Matt. As soon as they do that, they probably pick up the phone and call Hunter Biden and say, "Hey, Hunter, call your dad and make sure that our competition in the United States adds that three million dollar scrubber to their smokestack." Mm-hmm. You see, we're we're already at war, and people don't understand that, and we have to fight. And we have to go out there and go after him. So many times Republicans are playing footsies with the Democrats. And that's why I said recently at a, at a location, there's still two parties in this country and in Texas, but it's not Republicans and Democrats, Matt. It's patriots and traitors. And I guarantee yeah. you, the people that listen to your program are patriots, and it's time for us to saddle up and go take back our state and take back our country. Absolutely. Listen, um, we had this little cold snap. I'm sure you you told me you're in Dallas right now. You guys had that little cold snap uh, probably a few hours before we did down here in uh, central Texas. But I'm telling you what, it brought back memories of last February where my wife and I sat uh, sat around for, I don't know, three, maybe four. See, here's, here's time slipping by. It was most of a week where we had very, very intermittent power and long stretches of no power and no water. And um, we were all told that the grid's been fixed, um, and you just said that it hasn't. Would you uh, expound on that, please? It's not been fixed. Go listen to the live video that Sid Miller and I did yesterday, the Texas Ag Commissioner, who was in the legislature for a long time. All they did is they passed a bill that said power generation needs to be winterized. Well, that's great. I'm going to make it so that it's winterized. But if you don't fix the other ailing problems with the grid and with ERCOT, you're not fixing anything. So now, I mean, imagine you've got a four-wheel drive pickup truck with bald tires, and you're going to add a, uh, a new alarm system to that pickup truck. Mm. Did, you, did you make it safer? Not at all. <laughs> you just put a clicker. You just put a clicker on it. So here, here's the deal. And thankfully, I've worked in the power industry as well. Um, day one, I'm going to send a letter to Biden. And I'm going to tell him that we are not going to subject ourselves to the Paris Climate Accord or anything that limits production on Texas land. Folks, it's not an office created by the Constitution, and therefore it is not something that we as a state have to recognize. You see, Matt, what you do on a daily basis is what I'm trying to do on a, on a statewide basis, and that is to have people realize their God-given sovereignty as an individual, as a person, so that we as a state have increased level of sovereignty. So if we tell them we're not going to fall into the Paris Climate Accord, here's here's what happened. Biden got elected president. Okay? I don't believe he is the president. I think they stole the election, number one. A lot of people in this race don't feel the election was stolen. And in fact, Matt, a lot of people in my race, they think we had a great legislative session, uh. a great special session, and a great second special session, and a great third special session. But now... When, when he got elected, the first thing he did is he rescinded an executive order from Trump, and that caused us to fall under these attainment issues, kind of a fancy word, but it caused 30% of our power generation to be shut down. Huh. So Texas is now operating on 70%. The legislatures in ERCOT, we all know they had people living out of state and all kinds of bad issues, but when the freeze hit, they couldn't turn those power generators back on they couldn't get the fuel to those generators. They couldn't get the feedstock, you know, whether no matter what kind of petroleum product with actually service in it. And a lot of the big generators have water wells because it keeps those turbines cool. Well, guess what? 
the little bitty meter outside of that water well, like you might have outside of a mobile home or outside of a pump house mm-hmm. or outside of your house, a little bitty residential meter is what's running that water well. Well, guess what? Everybody's familiar with the word load shifting now, right? When they shifted the load, that meter was not listed as critical infrastructure. Oh. Wow. And now, so we got a, a simple problem that we can fix in Texas with our own electrical grid that actually makes common sense. But when they went to turn those generators back on for multiple reasons, they would not turn on. Some of them would turn on and then they would turn off because they were too cold because the fluid inside of them had gotten gelled. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, they were, I mean, I had power company people calling me saying, Hey, don't, don't hate on us. We're trying to turn it on. We turn it on and they keep turning off. We turn it on. They keep turning off. So, Here's, here's the solution, okay? In the power industry, you pay a wheeling fee to use somebody's electrical line to get from point A to point B in case you don't own that line. Most people don't know that we have DC electrical cables on the Mexico border. Okay. So think about it. We're not connected to the Northern 48, but we are connected to Mexico. Huh. Right? Okay. And, that, and, that's most of, and most of that is right where the international bridges are. Okay. I can pay a wheeling fee to to the uh, to the electric company down there to get on their line to now go to sell electricity. Watch what I just said. Sell electricity to California, Arizona, New Mexico, all of them. And now I've just diversified my market in Texas, and I've created in the utility world a redundant backup because if we lose our load here in Texas, I can shift load from those other places, California, New Mexico, Arizona, back across those lines, back onto our grid. Hmm. Okay, wow. And now, and now we've, made more, we've made more money, we've made the market more competitive, and we've got more market to sell our money. Now, instead of us being a donor state, to use that word in this sense, now we're actually able to diversify. Wow. I love how you use the term free market. Um, and market because that's what I think most of us as conservatives thinks that the uh, the solutions um, the best solutions uh, always or most of the time now I'm going to say always lie within an open and fair market now we're about to run out of time and uh, but I want to ask you one last question um, let's see I'm going to pick a random uh, uh, profession I don't know like eye surgeon right um, if you were an eye surgeon um, would uh, is that the kind of experience that is necessary to be a land commissioner? Well, let me tell you. Everybody knows that hindsight's twenty twenty, <laughs> and everybody knows that you cannot elect people to an office that are incompetent or not proficient in the duties that are held by that office. All we have to do is look at Joe Biden to see what happens when you elect somebody that just doesn't have the skills to execute the duties of that job. Being an eye surgeon or any doctor does not qualify or prepare you in any way, shape, or form to execute any of the duties in this particular office. Hmm. And other, um, other than other than talking to people, other than talking to doctors, people, which, which a lot of doctors honestly they don't have good bedside manner. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, Weston, how can people find out more information about you and uh, Block Walk or 
I know I have given out your phone number as the contact for uh, block walking or working for well, your had, candidacy. I've had people calling me. I've had people calling me and picking up my material and block walking all across the state. If you'd like to be a part of that, um, you can hit me up on social media. All the social media is at Weston Martinez. Uh, Weston for Texas is the website. And you can uh, reach out by text message to 210-215-8785. And myself and the team will all get back with you and get you, get you information um, on how you can plug in. And we actually have an app you can download that has all the voting material right there. So you don't have to worry about carrying paper around um, and make it really, really, really simple. And I, I will tell you that, you know, <clears throat> when you have, before I was running for this office, Matt, I just want to tell you this. Before running for this office years ago, I created a bill that made human trafficking a death penalty offense, another bill that made voter fraud a felony in Texas. And actually, that was one of Donna Campbell's first bills she ever filed in the Texas in the Texas Senate. And I'm one of the only Republicans that endorsed for her over Jeff Wentworth. And I'm one of the only Republicans that endorsed against Joe Strauss. And uh-huh. I got both those bills to and through, and they both died on the last reading in the legislature years ago. And mm-hmm. also, before running for this office, I worked with our friends at Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, to get the woman arrested for voter fraud that was all over the national news. Mm-hmm. And the current Attorney General, Ken Paxton, their office told me, because of my testimony, that I helped them execute the fastest arrest in the history of Texas for voter fraud. Folks, anybody that's asking for your vote, ask them what they've been doing before today. Ask them if they stood up against mask mandates, against vaccine mandates. Did they stop? Did they fight to stop? children from being mutilated through chan- through these hospitals that want to do gender modification. And I can tell you, nobody running for this office did that except for myself. And I'm very blessed and thankful to be working with a few groups of people across the state of Texas that did the same thing. And thank you, Matt, for your program, giving people the truth. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Matt didn't call me and say, here's the questions I'm going to talk about with <laughs> No. Not the man. That, that, but a lot of radio programs, that's what they do. They prepare you, you know, here's what we're going to talk. No, folks, patriots and traitors. Yep. You're either a patriot or you're a traitor. So God bless you, Matt. Thank you for your program. You're absolutely a patriot. All right. Appreciate that, Weston. Folks, the uh, website is westonfortexas.com, and that is Weston F-O-R, texas.com weston thank you again safe travels uh to you and uh look forward to seeing you again in the hill country you got it and if anybody's got a plane we're looking for planes to fly us around because we're driving all right (laughs) sounds good all right take Man, if it, Uncle Ted hadn't brought me in in the fourth quarter, I wouldn't even known it was Friday. So there you go, Uncle Ted. Um, still looking for him to show up here in the studio sometime. You know, Harley's in here. You got to know Uncle Ted, do you? All right, all right. Now you got you guys got to put the pressure on Harley. You know, he's on the air for three hours a day every morning from six to nine. He's my warm up. He uh, he gets you all ready for uh, uh, for me to come in here. And um, so y'all got to put the pressure on him. So, you know, I, I suggest Monday that when you go to that 8338 bunker texter number that you uh, just, you know, say, hey, hey, call Uncle Ted for Matt. So um, let's get him in here. Um, I was um, 
trying to find some scripture this morning to go along or a reading to go along with the um, uh, March for Life that is going on, and this is the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, um, which, by the way, was a Texas case, if you did not know that. Um, and uh, so there was an article in the Founders Bible that I use quite a bit. It accompanies Exodus 22 and 2, and uh, the title of it, and this one is written by David Barton, um, and the title of it is Your Right to Life. And so I said, well, there you go. That's perfect. And so <clears throat> I decided I, I started skimming it, and I went, wait a minute. This isn't about what I thought it was going to be about, but it is. So among the numerous <clears throat> civil laws that God gave his people as he was establishing them as an independent nation was one concerning their own homes. He told them, this is in Exodus, if the thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there will be no blood guiltiness on his account. This verse, this verse authorizes homeowners to defend their dwelling. And if in the process of doing so they kill an intruder, they're not guilty in the eyes of God. There was no guilt for shedding the blood of an intruder. This verse forms the basis of what is now known the Castle Doctrine. It was explained by founding father James Wilson, a signer of the Declaration and the Constitution, and an original justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. He declared, homicide is enjoined, and let's, let's just stop and define that. <clears throat> homicide is required when it is necessary for the defense of one's person or house. Every man's house is deemed by the law to be his castle, and the law, while it invests him with power, places him the duty of the commanding officer of his house. Every man's house is his castle, and if anyone be robbed in it, it shall be deemed his own default and negligence. In short, if you were robbed in your home, it was not the police's fault, but your own. For God made you commander of the castle, hence the castle doctrine. Several other Bible verses affirm what God authorized in Exodus 22. For example, Jesus noted in Luke 11 and 21 that when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. And in the book of Nehemiah, when lawless brigands were on the loose... God's people went about armed, and every man wore his sword girded at his side. Because self-defense is a biblical right given to every individual, it is therefore an inalienable or God-given right. Constitution signer John Dickinson defined an inalienable right as one, quote, which God gave to you in which no inferior power has a right to take away. John Adams agreed, explaining that inalienable rights are rights antecedent or before or in front of all earthly governments, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws, rights de derived from the great legislator of the universe. Now, uh, we took uh, Weston uh, over uh, uh, longer, couldn't get him in until late, so I'm not going to be able to finish this. Um, but it is an outstanding little article 
um, in that accompanies uh, Exodus 22 and 2 um, in the Founders Bible. It's called Your Right to Life, and it's a really amazing um, a read on what inalienable rights means and what does that mean. Because, and why do I bring that up? Because our inalienable rights were have been trampled on the last couple of years. And I'm not talking about Trump or Biden. I'm talking about the state of Texas. Your governor, your representative, your senator allowed your inalienable rights to literally, and I know what that means, to literally be taken away from you. This is why we are spending so much time in this program right now talking to candidates. All right? And you may be getting tired of it, but I, this is so important. If you want to preserve your inalienable rights granted to you by God, Exodus 22 and 2, you have got to replace those who served over the last two years because they tromped all over their rights and never even apologized for it man for crying out loud it's friday be nice to the tourists and uh, y'all stay tuned we'll see you on monday